Welcome back to Sporting Goss. Well, what a great weekend of waffle finals it was. South Fremantle, basically the last kick of the game, decided that result, of course. Claremont going down by a point to the Bulldogs. And, of course, Swans and West Perth, that was an absolute thriller. Sitting watching all of that was Subiaco after finishing on top in the home and away season. Greg Clark has been one of their stars. He's been kind enough to join us online. It was a crazy weekend of waffle footy, Clarky. It was, mate. It was... um. I got down to, well, sorry, the, the whole league side got down and watched South v Claremont and that was an unreal game. Um, I think it sort of showed what we've all thought, that this was going to be a really even finals campaign and um, Claremont got ahead early, but South fought their way in and almost like you say, a, a mirror game in Swan Districts and West Perth the following day. Um, just shows that it's anybody's game on the right day and no matter how far ahead you can't really, you get, you can't really fall off because teams will fight back and both teams did it really well on the weekend. When you're watching that game between South Fremantle and Claremont and, you know, early stages in the third quarter, Claremont get out to a five-goal lead, do you start looking at the game differently? Did you start looking at Claremont and the possible matchups and a bit more of their what they were doing or were you still open to the mind that you thought, well, five goals, we know how good South Fremantle can be or and they could fight back or, or did you have to refocus and recalibrate when the Bulldogs started to come back? Yeah, you're right. I mean, in all honesty, when in the way Claremont were playing up until that point, we'd sort of thought that the game was locked away and done. Um, so we definitely did start to hedge our bets towards um, looking at potential matchups with Claremont and seeing what different guys are doing throughout the quarter. But then, like you say, South Rio um, stormed home and, and got that momentum back on their side. So... I think it was really good to watch in that second half um, what both teams did when they were under pressure and how they uh, combated that. So our focus did then switch back to South Rio. But, um, yeah, either way, at this point, um, we've just got to prepare for South Rio. And, um, yeah, they showed that no matter how far behind they get, and if we do somehow get up on the, on the weekend at any point in time. We're not going to be able to drop off at any point because they're, uh, they're always going to be there. Well, South Fremantle, you've shared the spoils with South Fremantle this year to one win apiece. You've had some pretty good form. You're averaging 31 disposals in the two games against them, of course. What is it about South Fremantle um, that they present dangers? What, what, are, what are the dangers with South Fremantle? Um, and what, what, you know, why do you think that, the, the, that you always have a great contest with them, albeit it's been won all this year? I think South Rio present a challenge everywhere. And that, 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 without sounding silly, that's why they won the premiership last year. I, I don't think there's many weaknesses within the team. And what I, what I mean by that is when you look at their tools up forward, they're really strong in the air. So you've got Shlen Slog who can go forward or back. You've got Mason Shaw who's a, an elite goal kicker. But then you'd think a tall team, they can't really compete on the ground. But then they've got Smalls running around like Ninette and now Parker's back. Um, and then you've got guys running through the midfield like Schloys, um, Donaldson's out on a wing. So they're an incredibly well-rounded team. Um, so it's not like we can exploit specific areas. We're just going to have to be really strong defensively and, and not let those weapons of theirs get their sort of hands on the ball. So they present all sorts of challenges for us. Um, and it's just making sure that we play to our strengths um, to combat that. 
you've got to also take into account when you just look at bare numbers. I mean, you had uh, 14 wins and, and four losses. They had the 13 wins and five losses, almost identical percentage. I think about half a percent or one and a half percent separate both of you. So, so much to like about both teams. Um, I want to take you back, albeit I know you don't want to talk too much about it, but back at East Tremandle, first couple of minutes of the game, you do a hamstring. I can't recall the last time you did a soft tissue. I mean, what's the story there? And what was your emotion there? And because you haven't done a soft tissue, did you think, what is this injury? I mean, what am I meant to be feeling? I mean, I'd, I'd done it, oh, I think the last time would have been 2018, around halfway through the year. Um, and I was playing a completely different position. My body was a bit different to what it is now. Um, and I've played a lot of consecutive footy. So I definitely, hamstrings are a weird one where you, you can never expect it or never prepare for it. Um, felt fine going into the game. I, um, I, well, that round we were missing kits through suspension, so I had to step up and lead the team for the day, which I was really excited about. And yeah, to for, the, for it to go in the first two minutes, just through an, an overstep to try and make a smother, I was just so flat. And I tried to run around on it for the next few minutes, and it didn't feel right. And given the time of the year that mm. we were in, um, I know the physio definitely didn't want me to risk it doing any more damage to it, which is probably, in hindsight, definitely the right move because it turned out to not be that bad of an injury. Um, but then to, to sit on the, the boundary and, and not be able to really participate and help the boys out, especially once East Rio started to get a run on, um, it was really flattening. I was, I was so disappointed that I couldn't be out there to help um, and, yeah, just assist the guys. But... Um, yeah, I mean that's all in that's all in the past now. It's a few weeks ago, and we can only focus on the future, right? Very, hundred percent. And sorry for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> a twenty-seven. Yeah, I know you're getting very emotional and putting me back in my box. Hey, <laughs> uh, you returned with twenty-seven touches against Peel. I mean, uh, that's a solid hit out for you. You would have been pleased with that. Yeah, I mean the, the first half was really strong, um, but we reviewed that game in great depth because our our second half we really fell away and it, it just came down to our mental mental attitude and how we were approaching things and I, we we sort of discussed as a side that we think we got ahead of ourselves a bit um, considering the margin we had at half time and if anything shows like on the weekend you just cannot afford to have those mental lapses mm. because any team in this competition and given how tight it is this year. You just can't afford to even have a bad 10 minutes, let alone a whole half, because um, we might have escaped Peel, um, but we're definitely not going to get over a South, and we certainly won't get over a Claremont or even a West Perth now. It's um, it's that kind of a competition. So um, we reviewed it in great depth, and, yeah, I'm sure we're hoping that that sort of game where we did have that lapse, is it's good to have it out before the finals and, and make sure it's something we've got our attention on going into this sort of series. Yeah, 100%. There are four very much winnable uh, teams that can win this flag left in the competition, and uh, Swans weren't too far off the pace either. Now, something personal. Last time we spoke to you, um, we spoke about, you know, bigger picture things, and I know you're in the focus right now on finals, and I get that, and I'm not going to harp on it, but uh, you you elected not to go in mid-season draft. You thought it's not really for you and you were quite happy to stay and play for, for Subiaco. My mail is you've got a manager. My mail is you would like to be drafted in the future. Um, is that true? And what are your aspirations beyond this finals campaign for Subiaco? Or are you, again, is anything that comes along as a bonus or you're busting down the door to, to play AFL or get on a list? Your, uh, your mail's correct, guys. <laughs> um, I, I, de- I definitely... Post this season, I'd, I'd love the opportunity. Um, 
I think this is presented a great challenge for me to, to put my hand forward and, and take a bigger role within Subiaco and I've really enjoyed playing more midfield time um, but then secondary to that like you say my, my fo- all I can focus on is playing good footy for Subi and making sure we get to another grand final and hopefully from there winning a grand final and as, as I've sort of learned over the past sort of few years and, and something that I needed to work on as coming out of an 18, as an 18 year old is it's just got to be team first and making sure um, we go as high as we can. And my aspirations is to win another flag at this point in time. If something bigger happens in that post the season, well, then I'd take it with both hands. But I think the difference between me now and when I was 18 is all I focused on was trying to get drafted and, and focusing on self, whereas now I'm really happy where I am. I, I love playing for Subi, and if the opportunity come, I would take it. But if not, I'd, I'd stay at Subi and just keep trying to win flags and continue on a legacy and a culture that Subiaco has built for so long. I think it's really important that I drive it for the next sort of generation of guys coming through the club. Um, I had really good mentors in, in guys like Horse and especially at the moment Kitch um, to, to really drive standards and I think it's my time to do it at the club. So whether I get drafted or not, I'm in a really good spot at the moment, loving footy and, and, and playing well, so I cannot complain. Yeah, good on you, Clarkie. Great attitude. Fantastic. Uh, good to see Jared Schofield's coming back to WA to take up a role with West Coast. That's a huge bonus for uh, for everyone, and as you would know, his time at Subiaco, he was a, a wonderful leader, and uh, I'm sure a man that had a lot to do with your future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it relates back to that point of when I was 18 to sort of 22 when Scotty was my coach, I think I was quite immature and and was still developing as a person. And um, at, at the time, it, it was difficult under Scully for me because I think he was telling me what I needed to know rather than what I wanted to hear. And, and they're two, they were two very separate things. But I look back on that, and that was really, really um, pivotal for me at that time. I, I think if I didn't have Scully as my coach, I'd be in a very different spot. I'd probably be playing ammo somewhere or country footy or something. So... I look back on that those times really fondly and I managed to play under a, a premiership with him. Um, and when you look at who the Eagles also got in Kyle Horsley, they are two incredibly pivotal people at the Subiaco Football Club. And I think they'll go down as two guys who um, really set our club up for success with culture and, and whatnot. So not only are they incredible brains when it comes to football, but they're incredible people and they'll do wonders with West Coast mm-hmm. culture and um, they did great things for our club. So I, it's, I'm, I, I reckon it's a great move by the Eagles. It's, it should set them up for great success. And, yeah, I, I, I can only speak from experience that um, Scott an incredible coach and it, his, his sort of record shows that. Um, I only sort of wish that I was a bit older when I had him as a coach because I think I would have appreciated it just what I had in front of me. Um, but, yeah, he, he played a massive role in making sure I was, I was a lot more of a, a resilient person and, yeah, he did great things, that's for sure. Yeah, when I left Subiaco Colts, uh, someone said to me, he said, um, you you uh, you know, you'd get pretty fired up and get pretty animated. And they said, there's only one person that gets more fired up and uses more expletives than you, Goss, in your time at Subiaco, and that's Jared Schofield. <laughs> and you out of five blokes up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he he sure did. And I think that just showed his passion for the club and, and for his role. He, his, his record speaks. I, I think, um, yeah, it, it just shows the passion he has.
Oaks. It's incredible. So I'm sure he'll do very well at the Eagles. He certainly will. And uh, last one, before we let you go, Greg Clark from Subiaco, ahead of their second semi-final with South Fremantle, takes place on Saturday. It is at 2.40, September 18. Looking forward to that one. And, of course, then Sunday, the first semi-final between West Perth and Claremont. Loser goes out. Last one for you. Sandover medal, not asking you whether you can win it, but if you were to present the medal to someone on the night, who do you think will be getting it? Which club and why? Um, I was thinking about this earlier. I'd, I'd say at this point, I'd be looking at Naren Black. I think since Connor West left, I think, and, and Connor played a, a really pivotal role early in the year, but Blackie's just quietly been going away with his business up at West Perth and he's mm. been steering that club so well. And he, I, I think the weekend was sort of the epitome of that. He just kept driving the ball forward for that team. And, yeah, I, he, I know he won it when he was younger, but he's just such a pivotal player in that team. And I think he sort of... He, I, I sort of see it that he's snuck under the radar a bit as to how well he's going and how he's... I mean, they were sort of battling earlier in the year, but they've just come out um, and just played really good football for so long over the course of the season, and he's been the main driver of it. So it's really hard to go past him. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my vote there, guys. Yeah, Aaron Black. Yeah, I agree. He, and he's also, uh, I love the bloke. I think he's absolute quality, and he's uh, always been a, a wonderful supporter of the waffle footy, and, uh, yeah, terrific. We'd love to see him get a second grab at it. That's if you don't win it, of course, Gregory. All righty. I appreciate your time. Good luck on the weekend, mate. Uh, Well done on the season so far. Stay fit, stay healthy, and get the job done against South Fremantle on the weekend and enter a grand final. That would be nice. That's right, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Greg Clark joining us from the Subiaco Football Club, and not that he's going to admit it, but I will. He'll be on an AFL list before much longer. This is Sporting Goss.